I think it's a great challenge. This is this space is difficult, and and we are we are farmers, but we are very aware that to grow this brand, we need leverage of, of smart people and and good people around us. This is the producers. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Inspired by native-haired sheep seen on their travels to South America, the Gilmore brothers set out to breed a fully-haired meat sheep intended for Australian conditions. Through years of careful breeding, they developed a unique breed of lamb, Margra, certified as the Australian white. And as Tim Lay explains, it's a lamb that's captured the attention of Australia's very best chefs. Margaret's foundation is in uh, Oberon in New South Wales. So um, the Gilmore family, uh, Graham and his his late brother Martin, pioneered the Australian white sheep breed uh, some sort of 12 to 13 years ago. And that's really been the foundation of of Margaret. So Margaret is the the culinary arm of the the Tattakil sheep breeding program. And uh, Oberon in New South Wales, where it's well over a thousand degrees uh, above sea, so, uh, a, a thousand meters above sea level is where uh, where Taddy Keel and where Mar- Margaret has uh, has started its journey. So Margaret comes from uh, the separation of two names. So so Graham and his late brother Martin, who we lost about three years ago, who who put the breed together, who who, who were the guys that really have uh, have driven the the creation of the breed which now exists in sort of you know all across the world and it all started on the Gilmore's Taddy Hill Farms up at Oberon. After a trip overseas one of the Gilmore brothers discovered a breed of sheep that not only had a smaller footprint but also offered a unique eating experience too. In about uh, about 15 years ago Graham was in uh, he was in, of all places, Brazil and saw a, a haired sheep. And uh, at the time, he thought that that was the future, something that had low input cost, no shearing, no chemical usage, that was basically like a little mini cow. And he thought that that would be the future of the Australian meat sheep industry. So for a long time, the, the wool on the sheep's back has been what farmers have made their money out of and he said that the the future is going to be a head sheep so he tried exceptionally hard to bring that sheep to australia and had no luck and uh it was on the tattikill farms that he decided to to create the australian white sheep breed and um look there's been a long evolution of of 15 years and many many embryo transfers to stabilize the breed and i guess it was probably in those early stages of the creation of the breed that they realised that they had a very, very different uh, eating quality characteristic to regular lamb. And I guess that's when I started to come in half a dozen years ago um, with the family and we we started to, to dig into why the, the meat properties of the, uh, the sheep were different. And it's that low melting point and that... I, I guess that eatability, as as we've been told by many chefs, that's probably helped us create Margra, the culinary arm. Life on the farm for Margra sheep is pretty special, but it's also as low impact as sheep meat production can be. Because our sheep don't get shorn, because the sheep don't need 
uh, chemical treatments, they've got a fairly low carbon footprint. So in terms of the inputs that we put into the sheep and their lifespan, etc., I'd say it would be as, I guess, as in general respects, the sheep's life on the farm is pretty good. They're not handled very often apart from marking and immunising them when they're marked. There's very little input. So we're a completely grass-finished program. So all of our lambs don't have any uh, extra... Uh, we don't feed lot our lambs. So we come from a completely grass system. So I'd say life on the farm for our sheep is pretty good. Coming to market with a product never before seen at a time that COVID had heavily impacted the food industry posed many problems, but it's also enabled some unique opportunities too. So I guess challenges where we're embarking on something in lamb that hasn't been successfully done. So when you talk about beef brands, pork brands and Wagyu brands, there's a lot of iconic brands that you can think of, whether it's Blackmore's Wagyu, Kiributu Pork, um, Rangers Valley Angus, they're, they're sort of ones that come to mind. But when we talk lamb brands, they, have, they don't really exist in that luxury space, so in that fine dining white table space. So where we're trying to create our market share is that we believe it's a new space. So we, we compete against all proteins. That's probably been one of the hardest things to do is to be able to go in with our distributors and with, with key chefs and actually find out what our point of difference is as a brand, find out what our point of difference is as a product and actually compete. Because for so long now, lamb has been commoditized. We are trying to take lamb out of that commodity market and take it into that, take it away from the, the left-hand side of the menu and put it on the right-hand side of the menu where you see those better brands that exist in other protein proteins. So I'd say that would be one of the, one of the biggest issues we've had or one of the biggest challenges we've had. And, and we're farmers, so being farmers, we've had to learn a lot about that next component, which is processing and logistics. And we've start, Margra started during the heart of COVID. So we've, we've dealt with transport issues. We've dealt with logistical issues. And, and we've had a, had a positioning for the brand to be on the best tables and in the best, best chef's hands that we can find in the markets that we are existing in domestically and internationally so with food service being so uh up and down and and no rhythm that's been really difficult as well but i think there's a real sense that the world's going to go back to some sort of normality this second half of the year which is exciting for for brands like margra margra lamb has garnered the interest of some of australia's best chefs including mark best who has helped Tim and the family understand its culinary capabilities. We started here in Australia, in, just in Sydney, uh, and we started in the US uh, with a distributor up there. So we're, where we are now is we've got a very good distri- distribution partner here in Australia called Havericks Meats. Uh, they're based out of, out of Sydney, but also distribute all along the East Coast. So they, they have been a real key foundation for us to help us get some market share at some fantastic restaurants. Um, and, 
and that's been a real key play for us to then develop uh, the opportunity to get into international markets. During the journey, we were very lucky to meet Mark Best. So Mark, on a blind trial, tried some of our Margra product and was really blown away by its eating characteristics. And Mark has been our culinary advisor and ambassador since our inception over the last couple of years. So being farmers, we don't have that ability to understand our product to the length or to the degree that someone of Mark's ability does. So Mark has been able to really highlight that intricate details of what cut spec works for us in food service, um, what are the best ways in which to prepare the product, and also that ability to actually, he can pick the phone up and ring chefs globally and actually get that through or that cut through to allow us to get an opportunity to put Margra in front of them and get them to try Margra. So Mark has been a real... uh, a real catalyst for for Margra and and our ability to capture as many quality chefs and there's huge there's huge amounts of ability out there and 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 what we've realised is there's huge huge amounts of interest in Margra and new brands so we've we've been very lucky that Mark's been fantastic domestically um, there's been some chefs that have really supported us all the way through Ross Lustead at at, uh, at Woodcut Restaurant at Crown in Sydney at Barangaroo. He's been a terrific supporter of ours from the start. Um, we've been on his menu every week since Woodcut opened. And there's many other chefs in um, across the east coast of Australia and in Singapore and now now in LA that are starting to, to pick, pick, uh, pick Margaret up. But we, we would say that one of our strategies has been to... Uh, the chefs are the heroes of Margra. Without the chefs promoting and and, and putting the love into brand can uh, be portrayed as we believe it can be. So the chefs have been a huge, you know, intricate part of uh, of our development. The key to Margra is the low melting point of the fat and marbling, which Tim explains helps set it apart from what we have come to know and expect when eating lamb. If we're talking about the eating properties of the breed, so very, very regularly when we eat lamb, we don't get that consistent experience. So in terms of our our point of difference, so the melting point of the fat and the subcutaneous fat, I would say sets it apart. So how it is prepared in terms of the, its ability to, the fat to render under heat and the the silkiness of the fat on your palate, I'd say uh, that it clears your mouth so quickly. So the the fat is almost the hero of the brand in many respects. Um, It's got a very, very neutral flavour, or or should I say low gaminess. I I would say Margra doesn't have that traditional lamby flavour, so it's, it's more of a neutral flavour where the low melting point and the silkiness of the fat gives it a different juiciness to to regular lamb. So as I probably alluded to, we've got to compete with every protein on menus. So we believe that's our biggest point of difference is the ability for the consumer to feel that different melting point on their their palate comparative to normal lamb. 
Working with chefs like Mark Best has allowed Tim to better understand the way Margaret Lamb works from a culinary perspective. Many, many times when we look at, say, let, let, let's look at, at, say, a rack or a, or a loin, let's take the rack, for example. Very regularly when we eat a rack, it's a French rack. So you're seeing a terrific medallion and you're seeing the bone. Our rack is a tomahawk rack, so we're double the length in terms of our rack length, but we have a full fat cap on it. So that full fat cap doesn't normally exist in lamb. The reason it exists is that its eatability of its fat. So we um, we actually entered that tomahawk rack in the Sydney Fine Food, Sydney Royal Food Awards uh, last year, and we won that category we won the lamb award so our we actually didn't realize the importance of it so stockyard beef were the overall winners of the of the fine foods but margaret actually scored a higher ranking so when we went to the final sort of the grand championship um we came second to to stockyard beef who have been around for a long period of time so that tomahawk rack with its full fat cap on um Mark's taught us that the critical critical component is to cook for the fat. So, cooking that rack in an oven under a fan forced oven uh, for sort of forty to forty five minutes, um, letting it sit and then cut cut the the tomahawk chops. In terms of an eating experience, I'm a simple farmer. It's been pretty amazing. And Ross Lusted at at, uh, at Woodcut's probably perfected it. it in talking to him only a couple of weeks ago, he was saying that it's been one of the signature and one of the one of the things that he really likes about his menu. There, you know, they've got this, they've got seating for over four hundred people at a at a sitting. It's a, it's a massive restaurant and arguably one of the better eating experiences in in Sydney. For Tim, the Margaret journey has only really just begun but it's opened doors, experiences and knowledge like nothing else he's experienced in his farming career. I've put a lot of man hours into it, Huck. <laughs> I'm invested in it. I want it to work. Uh, how's it changed? Look, the, the Gilmore family are terrific people to work with. Um, they, Gr- Graham, who who is the the brain brainchild behind the development of the breed and the driver is a terrific guy to work with and very inspiring. So I would say that ability to work with that family has been a real highlight for me. And um, how has it changed me? I don't think it's changed me a lot. It's probably made me more aware of of uh, food service. It's made me definitely more aware of um where you need to be to be uh, accepted and, and to be successful. Um, and it's taught me a lot of skills along the way that, that I didn't have prior to, to being involved with it around the whole food, the food chain from, from, from production all the way through to, to what it looks like on, on a plate. There's many, many steps and I've learned a lot, a lot in that respect as well product setting a new benchmark for lamb eating experiences and a restaurant industry opening up after a couple of years of trauma. The future for Margra is looking very bright. I think the plans for the future, Huck, are to 
probably uh, the last 18 months have been difficult with food service and finding some rhythm in the markets we're in uh, is probably one of the major plans for us and uh, and, and exploring other future markets. Like I think uh, we've got high expectations for growth this year and, and, then, and consistency. So knowing... With the borders reopening, I think that's really, really positive for Australia, and getting to tra- getting the ability to travel as well. Like all of our relationships that we've developed internationally, the last eighteen months have been done via Zoom. I'm looking forward to meeting some people and and travelling. That's going to be exciting as well. For Tim, it's the people in the food industry and connections that make the long hours all worth it. Oh, look, it's been a great journey. Like the Graham and his and his boys and that family have have put their heart and soul into this breed, and then to see Margaret be able to be built off the back of that hard work and the research and the time. One of the things that's been amazing is being able to go to restaurants and see Margaret on the menu and eating it with whether it's friends or family or where we're taking people to dine on it and actually seeing it stand up and compete with other products on the menu. So I'd say that that concise feedback sitting at a, at a table with others is really good. I think we probably lean on the chefs at key restaurants in our markets for feedback from their customers. And, and look, it hasn't been an easy run. We've learned a lot about different things we need to be better at in terms of consistency and within our supply chain. Um, but I think we're well-placed now. Like We're well-placed to have a really good year, Huck, and um, we, we back our product, and I think it's, uh, it's a difficult space, lamb, and um, I think it's exciting, though. It's very exciting because we're taking... Lamb has so long been a for so long been a commodity, and and it's good to see some segmentation and people trying to drive brand. I'm really enjoying the people that we're meeting. I'm I'm loving the the challenge of of getting market acceptance on on excellent menus. I'm enjoying learning about what it takes to be a, a luxury or an elite protein brand. Um, I'm enjoying the challenge of working with producers, processing. I think it's a great challenge. This is this this space is difficult, and and we are we are farmers, but we are very aware that to grow this brand, we need leverage of of smart people and and good people around us. So, yeah, I I thoroughly have enjoyed uh, where Margaret has taken us to it hasn't been easy but um yeah this year is a a real catalyst i think for future growth for us it really is margaret lamb is the culmination of years of work and craft a lamb with a micro marbled finish and low fat melting point and it is changing the way we experience lamb on the plate This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Anthony Huckstep. 
Stay tuned as we share the stories of producers, farmers, makers, and growers, the true lifeblood of the food industry. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or email us at producerspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au.